like you. From business cards to banners, from concept to completion, we're here to help. So stop in to 17 Bridge Square right next to the Chamber office or call 507-663-7937. By all means, graphics. 721 on a Thursday morning. Joining us now in our studios, we have uh, from Northfield Area Fire and Rescue, Northfield uh, Naffer's Fire Chief, Tom Nelson. Good morning, Tom. Morning, Jeff. How are you? Good, good. And I brought a friend today. You did, a very high-ranking official. Uh, An equally uh, ranked official. Yeah, chief. EMS chief. (laughs) Yes, Brian Edwards is chief Mm -hmm. of the Northfield Hospital and Clinic's EMS Ambulance Department. And our partner in in the tri- part of the three, law enforcement, EMS, and mm-hmm. fire. And Except so, we don't do landfill fires. No, but there's still time. We may call you <laughs> out there. So, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then uh, I said to Tex, who he's Brian's nickname is, you'll hear from his accent, and to talk a little bit about uh, aging in place is a big topic and independent living. And my mom is one who's 95, still lives at home, still drives, remembers much more things than I do. Um, but some of the things that we see when we go into homes and what people should be looking out if they or their loved ones are aging in place at home. Let's talk about, uh, we'll get to that in just a moment or so, but sure. before that, uh, I want to talk about some, uh, not really breaking news, but more recent news, we, and that's, uh, of course, the landfill fire. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, what you saw when you went out there, how does that catch on fire, what, uh, what's going on with the landfill? Sure, so we were called out. Uh, it was about 5 o'clock p.m. on Tuesday, and uh, so we responded. I got out there early and saw it was a lot of angry black smoke, um, you know, TV smoke, like when something's happening. And uh, sure enough, it was coming from the landfill. They had closed, and so they we got back in and went up there. And I also called um, Dusty Deans, the Faribault Fire Chief, because he, has, he had experience with the Becker Northern Metals Fire, uh, and... Um, one of his tankers and crew from Faribault. And that's the thing. It's it's halfway between Northfield and Faribault, so it's not really close to anything. So um, at that point, um, really, it was probably about a football field is what I guess size burning. Um, and it was a lot of angry plastic and things like that. So um, that really, weren't, we weren't able to really do much and said that part's got to burn down. And so we came back. Um, later on, on Tuesday, and they wanted to make a fire line along the edge to make sure that the fire didn't get further into the unburnt portion of the landfill or the refuse pile. So we worked with them and dumped about 15,000 gallons of water um, with their team. They're really taking the lead on this because this isn't a conventional, you know, go out there and just dump a bunch of water. Um, and so then last night we went out, and so we go out. I go out every day and check with with landfill staff and as well as Dusty coming out there. And they're working with MPCA, and um, we've been in contact with MPCA. Where we're at now, last night we we organized a tanker shuttle, and what that means is we set up uh, an engine pumper truck and set up two drop tanks, which are basically big swimming pools, so that tankers can come back up to them and dump into them, and then we can use our deck gun and working with their team, they wanted to pull down the highest part of the landfill pile that was burning to get it down more to an area where they can cover. So uh, last night we had two tankers from Morristown. We had t- a tanker from Faribault and a tanker from uh, Lonsdale. 
as well as our own two tankers. And we hauled, um, they brought about 10,000 gallons from home, and then we we hauled about 60,000 gallons out of uh, the Dundas water tanks uh, in the city of Dundas. And so that knocked it down. I would say we made some good progress. There is a lot of still smoldering area. And what they've been doing continuously is they have their own water truck and they have these ponds that are called, I learned, leachate ponds, where the water that seeps down to the bottom of the cell of, of land of the refuse, they pump out and then they store it and it evaporates. And so they're able to kind of recycle that water. And as they push it around, they're able to wet it down. And then there's there were two um, large co- uh, Rice County Highway trucks hauling dirt in from another area of the site to cover up what they what's burning. And so that's continuing. Um, of course, it, it depends on the weather and the smoke, where the smoke's going, how they can get at it. Um, but again, we're working really closely with Julie Runkle and the team out there. Um, and so um, it's, still gonna, it's still burning, still smoldering. And um, so I'll be going out after this and just get an update to see how they're going. The problem is there, this isn't one of those that you just, oh, just dump water on it. Um, because the nature of it, it's not like grass or organic material. It bounces off and runs off. And so it really has, the best way to handle it is covering it. And so I know that the landfill staff is working, uh, like I said, with MPCA and other landfill people. And they're also looking at contractors to come in and help work on that. Wow. That's a lot more detailed than I had well, thought. You it asked, would be Jeff, a, you know. that's, a, that's a big uh, big issue. How long do you suppose that had been burning? You mentioned you got to a Tuesday. Is that something that could have been smoldering for a few days? Yeah, before? and that's hard to know. You know, yeah. I, the, the closest thing that I can relate it to is a peat bog fire mm-hmm. where, you know, it can be deep and then the moment something gets turned over and it gets oxygen. And so that's why, you know, covering it with dirt makes the most sense because it smothers it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think now there's a lot more of the area that's at a working level. You know, it isn't this, you know, 30-foot 30 pi- 30 pile. It's They were able to push it down. And so they're looking at whether they get some more equipment in there. Um, and, you know, that's the county's landfill and the county's the generator. And so we are really being supportive. Um, it is in our area, and we're working really closely in concert, like I said, with, with Dusty Deans in the Faribault Fire Department. Because we work together, it's right on the line of our different respective ter- uh, territories. And so uh, Dusty's been a great help for me. Uh, once again, uh, Tom Nelson, Northfield's fire chief, Northfield area fire rescue chief, is with us. And along with uh, Brian Edwards, the EMS chief for Northfield Hospital and Clinic. So let's, why don't we uh, segue into our next uh, segment, because I want to get uh, Tex in here to talk about this. Uh, aging in place, that has been a kind of a movement that's happened over the course of maybe the last, I don't know, a couple of decades or so. But older people staying home you know, retrofitting their house with things that make it easier for them to to live at home. And we have, uh, coming up later on on the uh, morning show, uh, we have an expert in that, which is Tom's third grade teacher. Yes. So. The lovely Cece Lindstrom. So yes. Cece will talk about age-friendly Northfield. Who has not uh, aged at all. <laughs> has she recovered from having you as a student? No, that took some therapy, I'm okay. sure. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tex, let's talk to, about... Uh, Seniors and aging in place, uh, there are still things. You get calls uh, from people who have different reasons to call EMS, I guess. Can you fill us in on, 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 on what you're seeing there? And 
and uh, just talk about that a little bit. Sure, sure, if I can, but if I can jump back to the landfill fire just briefly and, and sure, talking yeah. about the, the medical side of things, I think one of the things that we need to concern ourselves about is the uh, the uh, air quality alerts that are out there, and, and people really should pay attention to those when those come out. I think Northfield has been especially hit because we've had a southerly flow of wind over the past few days because it's smoldering it doesn't tend to burn up there's just a lot of stuff that hangs in the air so people that are really sensitive to uh, ozone alerts quality of air problems uh, really need to uh, be alert for that watch out for that and make sure they stay ahead of it so just wanted to drop that in there yeah so some very good advice yeah so for us um and, and i ran some numbers back in early february there were some discussions in the city about um aging in place and, and elderly uh, medical needs. And so at that time, I'd, I'd crunched some numbers from 2022. And using the 55 and older age bracket, which I, Thanks. I know I'm, yeah, I know I'm in. I, I think Tom's in. <laughs> I'm guessing you might be as well. Yeah. Um, uh, give me another so, couple decades. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> the 55 and up age group falls, injuries from falls is the number one call that we get for that age group. Um, it is, it is first, first place, hands down, um, sick person, which is really a category of, we don't really know what's wrong. We're just going to send an ambulance to this call comes in second and breathing problems comes in third. And that has historically always been the case. Falls are the number one calls call for us for, um, for elderly. But you said it's and, not, it's also, it's not like there's 400 calls for falls and 350 for sick persons. It sounded like falls are high and above yeah it's almost twice as much as the next closest one mm -hmm. so so we get a lot of a lot of uh, calls related to falls and and of the falls three-fourths of those are related to a fall from standing so a person trips they they stumble when they're walking through their house they just they have a fall so it's not a fall from height it's not a, a uh, you know we do get the occasional fall out of bed um, things of that nature but uh, or falling down the stairs but it's it's typically just a fall from standing height that we get. Are there any typical reasons for that happening or common reasons? Uh, you know, you, you, we talk about uh, if you're uh, you know, going through it with uh, some elderly people in my life, you know, take away the throw rugs, uh, yeah. try to keep uh, the furniture space so you're not, you know, hitting your knees on a coffee table when you get up from the uh, couch and such. Are there typical uh, reasons for falling? So, so when you get into the, the aging process, uh, you know, our eyesight diminishes, our, our sense of spatial orientation gets worse. Um, it, lighting in houses can be a problem. Uh, as Tom and I were talking about this earlier this week, a simple thing of a light bulb being out can increase the likelihood of a fall because a person can't see in that area of their home. And they may not be able to change that light bulb very easily. Uh, we do see a lot of falls secondary to a medical problem. So a person... Um, has a, a, a cardiac emergency or low blood pressure or something, they might have an altered mental status and fall from that. Uh, trips, uh, just simple stumbling, loss of mobility, um, orthopedic injuries, prior orthopedic injuries, making you know mobility problems uh, worse. Um, that, it runs the gamut. There's hundreds of reasons that a person might fall. Are there steps, uh, are people good at, at, at eliminating some of those things? I would imagine changing a light bulb sounds like an easy thing uh, for, you know, people who are younger and more mobile. But, uh, you know, if you've got to get out a ladder and 
climb to the, the ceiling to do that, there is a degree of difficulty that comes sure. along with that. So anecdotally, and speaking mm-hmm. from personal experience, when I did work on the ambulance many years ago, what I found was that the persons who lived alone and didn't have a close support structure, family or friends to check on them regularly, tended to suffer the most um, egregious insults, if you will. They had mm-hmm. they tended to have the most problems with ad- adaptation to, to aging. So those that had a family member that checked on them frequently or some type of social support and would come in and check on them uh, tended to fare better and had less of those occurrences. When, when they do fall, if they are living alone, uh, if you can't get up, you can't get to the phone, um, what do you do? So that's an interesting dilemma. Yeah. Um, so life alert is a very useful mm-hmm. thing. It's very helpful. Um, the One of the problems we see with life alert is a person does not wear the device, so that's not near them when they need it. Um, Apple Watch now has a fall detection. If it's activated, it will call 911 on your behalf after a period of time of immobility. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we get quite a few calls related to that. Um, you know, unfortunately, we've had many instances, too many to too many to list over the years, where a person was found days later. They might have been yep. laying there for days after having a fall. And that's why I come back to that close support structure. At least if you have someone checking in, on a person, uh, you know, every day or so, then you're much more likely to catch something early. What you end up getting too is, uh, there's that piece and, you know, what I've said to my mom and when my, my dad was still alive is, you know, those aren't things that people want to think about. Like I need to be thinking about making sure I actually use my, my walker or my cane in the house. Cause I'm just going into the kitchen um, those are things where it's sort of like where do most crashes happen within 20 miles of your house? There's some comfort there and you don't think about it. What we find too is that it may be, and it's great to make sure that whether it is a family member is, I know that Village of the Cannon, they have a system where they make sure that people put out a note that says, I'm okay at night, so that when you're walking by and you see your neighbor. But it's still, there's a lot of that neighborhood thing that needs to happen where you keep track. Of, did so-and-so put their garbage out? Um, to keep track of your neighbors because it does take a village. What we're finding is, um, and I, I haven't figured out a good way, and I'm working closely with um, the members of our, our NAFRS board about what can we do of to make sure that there's access because we may get a call. We probably have a couple, I mean, we see a couple a month of person has fallen. They may be communicative, but they're fallen and they can't get up. Sometimes they block the door and you can't get in. And so whether it's knowing the garage code or sometimes we have to force a door uh, to be able to get in. So try to think about the situation of, okay, if I fall but I can get to the phone, how is fire or EMS going to get in and help me? Mm-hmm. Do they, Tom, do they, I know they make Knox boxes, but can those be purchased for residential yes, use Yes, they well? do. And what I'm working on now with them is that you can have a Knox box, or you see them around businesses, there's one outside of KYMN that there's a key to the building that we have a special key that opens all the Knox boxes and has a key to the building. And we use those regularly with your team techs when we go out to some of the multifamily apartment buildings is we get called, we come in, and we let EMS and police in for the person that's down. They make, we can make a submaster so that EMS could have a key 
and they make residential boxes so that it would be keyed that both fire could have it and EMS. And I want to kind of get that figured out before we start launching it. But they do make residential NOx boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that something you should look into? Or yeah. Are, yep. And it... so, like I said, they're available now and they're on our website to get. Um, but I want to I want to see now that I found out that we could add potentially a second type of key, which could be am the ambulance EMS. Mm -hmm. Then that would that would kind of cover both of those bases. We're talking with Fire Chief uh, Tom Nelson and also EMS Chief Brian Edwards about uh, uh, senior housing, senior living, and, and things that uh, typically they uh, might get a call for. Uh, gentlemen, what else? Anything else that you'd like to add to this conversation? For EMS, I, I, I think one of the things that's the most helpful is um, we, we have a, a program that's called Vial of Life, and it, it's a national program. Uh, it was started, I, I don't know how many years ago, but essentially it gets information into the hands of the responder when they're called to the residence uh, of someone that's had a medical emergency or a fall. We There's a little sticker that says Vial of Life on it, but we put those in a pink envelope, and those pink envelopes have information in it, such as the, the person's medical history, uh, any advanced directives that they have that they wish to be fulfilled, for instance, like a pulse form, a physician orders for life-sustaining treatment, medical history, allergies, their wishes where they wish to be transported, which hospital, things of that nature, Medications, medication right. list. And, and that, that envelope uh, is usually attached to the refrigerator of their house. It's, it's a commonplace. It's held up with magnets or, or whatever. It's just in that area. Those things are immeasurably beneficial to what information well, we can get. Well, they're a huge time saver for yeah, you huge because time you're not saver. having to ask all those questions yep. or not know. Yep, and, and it translates to it's also useful for the hospital because when they get that information at the hospital, then they can reconcile that medical history with their records as well as their pharmaceutical needs that, uh, you know, uh, um, there's a, a big push to for medication reconciliation. Uh, a lot of patients, especially elderly patients, and as we age, we generally require more medications, that they start getting some medication filled from this pharmacy and some from this pharmacy, and they don't finish taking this one. And they may have uh, multiple medication bottles laying around their home, and they're not sure exactly what they're supposed to be taking. So we gather all of that up bring all that information back to the hospital, and they start the process of that medication reconciliation. So that's very helpful for us. Yeah, as far as medication, though, do you, do you get calls on that? People uh, have fallen or something has happened, and it may be because they get their medication confused and take the wrong thing or take it at the wrong time. Do you get many calls like that? So we get calls when uh, patients start a new medication, especially mm -hmm. something that's, uh, for instance, an antihypertensive, a medication for their blood pressure. It might drop their blood pressure too much. It might not be working as effectively as they'd like. Diabetic complications is the other one where they're starting insulin or trying to adjust a, a, some type of anti hypoglycemic medication um the so we we get calls in that regard um cardiac medications sometimes um uh, don't work as expected so they have to trial different things to see what happens so we we get um we get calls related to those uh, once again, uh, Fire Chief Tom Nelson and EMS Chief Brian Edwards are with us. Gentlemen, we're about out of time. Any final thoughts? Anything else you'd I like to pass along? I told you we'd fill the time. Yeah. <laughs> we always seem to. And this is a great topic, and I really appreciate yeah. Brian coming in, because these are things that are hot on our list of, um, and most of us either have or know folks that are close to us yeah. mm -hmm. um, that we want to make sure. And, I've, and I, I think this is becoming the next 
thing. I think we're just going to see, you know, we're an aging population in the U.S. Um, nursing homes are having a hard time getting patients in. Uh, you know, hopefully this funding that just passed the legislature will help. Uh, but I, I think this is what we're going to be seeing in the future, more All of right. In the meantime, those uh, pink envelopes, uh, those really seem like a great idea. Where, do you know Everybody where we should can learn more? People could, is it Life Vile? What do you um, call it? They can, uh, they can call our station. We, we have those envelopes in our station. They can come mm-hmm. by and pick them up for free. All right. Yeah. So you're out across from the police station in Diagonally the industrial Diagonally across from the police station. Our phone, can I put our Please phone do. number out there? Yes, you can. Not a commercial business, so... Uh, if I can remember, yeah. six four six one four 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 is my office number, and they can just leave a message. Six 